When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Welcome to Car Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm your host, Scott Benjamin. And I am Kurt Guerin. And uh, we're missing Ben again. Yeah. Well, that's okay. He'll be back. We I promise. promise. No, really, he will be back. He's, he's around. He's just doing other stuff. Probably, I, I bet we'll hear all about it when he comes back. I, I hope so. Or he can make something up anyway. Yeah. It's a shame that he's not here because he would love the topic we are going to talk about today. You know, I feel like he would because I've got to be honest with you, Kurt. Uh, you said you were going to talk about bird scooters, um, which are, you know, the electric scooters or a, a type of scooter that has proliferated just about every major city, at least in the United States, all around the world, I know, and in markets like Europe and um, North America, the middle, the, the Middle East, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, you, nor I, have any real experience with a, a, you know these these electric scooters, do we? No, I'm not going to ride one of those silly things. <laughs> I have, uh, I, I've, I'll tell you, I, I have a lot of knowledge about them, but I've never been on one, and maybe that's going to change soon. I think, I think I'm due for a ride here, but I, I would bet if I had, if I was a betting person, I would bet that Ben is somebody that has used these, if not, you know, just once or twice, probably a lot. I hope I'm not giving anything away that he doesn't want. But he's, he lives sort of nearby. He does drive a, a vehicle. So I, he might be, you know, too far to use one of these. But mm-hmm. um, I, I would, I just have a feeling that getting around town, he did live real close, and that was no secret. He he lived real close to this building mm-hmm. in an old Ford factory, as a matter of fact, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, he wasn't homeless. I mean, they made it into <laughs> apartments, you know. Uh, but but I know that you know he was real close to here. And if you look outside of our window right now from our office, we're on the fourth floor. And if you look outside, I would bet anything that we would be able to spot uh, just on the curbside. Probably a dozen electric electric scooters on the curb, you know, just parked waiting for people to use, and probably two or three in motion, you know, people on them in bike lanes. Would yeah. you guess? Yeah, I would guess so. And even and when it's raining, you may even see a few in the roadway that have been washed down <laughs> downstream. Which I, I have seen that before too <laughs> from our window out here. Have you really washed downstream, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, we get some torrential drain, uh, rain down here, and then you know, with all the hills and everything, mm-hmm. uh, it ends up being like you know, small rivers running through downtown. If it rains, it's a it's a disaster practically. If it rains more than about an inch, and um, that's you know, part of the problem with the scooters is exactly that: the fact that they are relatively lightweight and 
just can be scattered about willy-nilly. Oh, basically. yeah. You know, I know we're going to talk about that because parking is an issue with these as well. Mm-hmm. But um, just for, for those that don't know what we're talking about, and, and I didn't think that this was really going to be an issue until yesterday when we were talking off-air about this uh, this program in particular. And I said, well, every, we don't really need to describe them because everybody knows what these are, right? And you mm-hmm. said, probably not. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, yeah. they're in a lot of larger cities in the United States and around the world. But there are plenty of places that do not have these scooters, at least owned by these companies, um, kind of dispersed everywhere as a mode of transportation. Yeah, sure. See, you're in a city like Atlanta where there's close, I mean, we're bordering on 7 million people now. It's above 6 million, I believe. And uh, and you're going to find a lot of something like this. You go to, you know, Dallas, you go to, uh, where was it you were recently? San Antonio? San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. San Antonio, they're there. Uh, you go to Miami, you go to, you know, Los Angeles, San Francisco, they're all over the place mm-hmm. in some of the bigger cities. Um, in fact, I think I've seen just even this one brand, uh, Bird, and we'll talk about many different brands, but Bird in particular, I think they're in something like 120 different markets. So, and it means, I guess, cities, they call them markets. But um, what, what we're talking about in particular here, if you're not familiar, is a, uh, a kick scooter, you know, kind of scooter that you stand up on. It's got a little deck and two small wheels, um, a handlebar that is coming up off of a stem, you know, a straight stem in front of you. And normally you would put one foot on the deck and then kick like you would on a skateboard to get moving and then put your second foot up and coast on it, right? Mm-hmm. These have a wheel or a wheel motor, a motor in the wheel that's electric and drives these things. And it actually is pretty efficient. It moves them along pretty good. You would think that uh, it would have a lot of difficulty here in Atlanta because of the terrain that I just mentioned. You know, it's very hilly here, even in downtown. But these really move people along pretty good. I mean, you get up to speed pretty quick. And I don't know what that speed is. I want to say it's it's above 10 miles per hour. It's probably closer to 12 or even 15, maybe? I would say between 10 and 15. Yeah, somewhere in there. speed. Um, yeah. Again, no personal experience on it yet, but I'm going to get there. Yeah. And my, so I don't have personal experience on the scooter either, but I do have experience being around them, being oh, a cyclist. Do, um, do I don't ever. ride on the Beltline often, but it is a nice little connector to get from one road to another. So I'll hit it every now and then. And the scooters are outrageous. Now, the Beltline is a uh, is a walking path that is, it's like, was it an old railroad line? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they do this with many old railroad lines across the country. They turn them into bike yeah. paths, walking paths, recreational paths. Sure, tear the tracks off, smooth it out, put some pavement down. They've got some trees nearby, a lot of businesses back up to the, the property so you can walk you know, to and from businesses that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't know how many miles this thing goes, but it's big. It's a long, it's a long uh, you know, walking path that is accessible to just about everybody downtown, yeah. really. And, and they're always lengthening it on either side. Yeah, they, on, this one here isn't, it's not continuously very long. It's like maybe two miles this section, but they have a bunch of different sections throughout the city that they that you can link up with bike paths and sidewalks. And there is one that is in Smyrna, Georgia, that goes all the way into Alabama. It's called the Silver Comet. Yes. And then in Alabama, its name changes, but it does keep going for a f- few more miles into Alabama. Well, I think Anniston, maybe, well, that's which is actually one. a good ways in. Yeah, that, yeah. so that's a Example of one of these trails that's very long. The Silver Comet Trail. Okay, so we'll yeah. have to check into that. All right, well, so I think a lot of people are familiar with that type of, of uh, environment in a city. A lot of yeah. people, you know, they've repurposed some of these uh, these old train tracks or railroad pathways that they left behind once the railway is gone or in no, no longer in use. But, yeah, we f- we find a lot of traffic on that area or on that, uh, that walking path, the formerly walking path. Now it's scooters and bikes and all kinds of things. Early on, you know, you'd find these things on sidewalks as well, and it was a little bit dangerous, a little iffy, you know, when you walk out of a a business and, you know, a a scooter that's running silently 
just zips past you going, you know, 12, 15 miles an hour. It's a little bit frightening because it happened. It happened often. There were a lot of pedestrian scooter collisions. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, there have been a lot of, uh, you know, scooter car collisions that have happened as well. And and, well, not to let the cat out of the bag or anything, but I mean, there have been several deaths here in Atlanta alone uh, that have led to uh, some some problems with uh, with the city, between the city and the scooter companies. So there's a lot to really talk about here. It's actually, it's not a bad solution for what they intended it for, for the uh, um, micro-mobility, I think is what they call it, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's like the last mile transportation is what they, they often yeah. refer to it as. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure that the scooters are being used in that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like the e-bikes have gotten more of a grip on that type of situation. They, they're definitely way more organized. Like they have the stations where you put the bikes to charge yeah. and whatnot. There's more of an infrastructure there, whereas the scooters are just... Uh, kind of littered about. So you're talking about the same thing, only uh, bike form yeah. uh, that, that is electric. That you, yeah, like you know, City Bike is one of them. And y- yeah, and I think there's something called, there's one called Jump. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember some of the other names of, of these. I've got a list of operators here in the city of Atlanta that include, you know, the names and the number of units that they have, but I don't have them broken down by uh, what type of device that they market into in here. So there's, um, there's Bird, Bose, Bolt, Gotcha, Jump, Lime, Lift, Spin, mm-hmm. Wheels. All these are operating within the city limits of just Atlanta. And you can multiply this by however many large city centers are, are nationwide and then also worldwide. Um, as we said, you know, just one of those companies, um, Bird, I believe operates in something like 120 different markets. Or, or maybe I'm thinking of Lime. I can't remember which because we had some big news recently about Lime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lime has just decided this month to pull out of Atlanta. They're mm-hmm. they're removing themselves from the Atlanta market because um, of some restrictions that have been placed on them. Yeah, San Antonio is another place they're pulling out of, which I found oh, surprising yeah. because I felt like they were everywhere. In downtown San Antonio. Yeah, but, you know, here's the, the confusing thing is that a lot of them look the same, right? These all have a, a, the general shape and mm-hmm. appearance of each other. They, they might have a, a little bit of, uh, you know, like a different sticker package or different color combination that they use. Mm-hmm. You know, red and black or purple and black or green and white or whatever it happens to be. They're all branded in a certain way. Uh, but maybe you were seeing, you know, um, bird scooters and thinking they were lime scooters. And it's easy mm-hmm. to do, easy to confuse, very easy. Um, or maybe it was, you know, a, a, I don't know, a Bolt scooter or, you know, one of the other brands. But the point is that, you know, right here at the beginning of the turn of the year in, in 2020, Lime has decided to pull out of Atlanta and they are one of many companies that has now left Atlanta because of some of these restrictions that have been put in place. And that's due to the earlier accidents that I mentioned. There was a rash of, of uh, deaths here in Atlanta really close together. I mean, within a couple weeks of each other, I think. There might have been one that was spaced out a little bit more, you know, and then a couple right in a row in succession, rapid succession, that led our mayor um, to decide that, and these, these accidents happened typically at night. So I led our mayor to decide that there was going to be a ban on these e-scooters if they were one of these ones that are actually licensed and permitted through a bigger company to be run here, not individual scooters that people own. But um, they decided that there was going to be a ban on them during the nighttime hours, and that was deemed to be between 9 p.m. and 4 a.m. So you're not allowed to be on the streets on an electric scooter between 9 p.m. and 4 a.m. here mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And unless it's your own, if you own that scooter, you're fine to do that if it's your own personal vehicle or you can still ride bikes and do whatever you want but you know within safe reason you know lights and all that but there is that ban and then you know there's also they're changing around the way that these things are licensed and permitted to be here and i keep saying permitted i don't mean they're just saying like yeah you can you can be here i mean i'm talking like you know there's money changing hands for this you know you have to have a permit 
for each vehicle that you have on the street. And, you know, all those companies that I just named off in a, in a row, Bird, Bose, Bolt, et cetera, all the way down the list. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers here of permitted devices, and it comes up to somewhere in the neighborhood. I, I thought I saw a number here of like, I, I shoot, I don't have them totaled up, but it's like ballpark 12,000 vehicles, I think, is is something like that. Uh, the, the number of vehicles that are on the street you know, between all these these uh, these companies. However, I will tell you this, that, you know, Lime has now left, but they're not the first ones to leave. You know, we, we had um, Lyft pulled their scooters off the streets as well. Um, gotcha took their, I think they had bikes. I think Gotcha had bikes maybe. Um, there And there was another one that pulled off as well. But, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, taking... You know, it, at one swipe, you're taking two thousand of these off the streets. You know that are that are licensed by companies like Bird has uh, two thousand permitted devices here in the city. Bolt has a thousand. Lime had two thousand. Lyft had two thousand. Spin has two thousand. A company called Wheels has one thousand. So these are the types of numbers that we're talking about. They're they're big numbers, and there's big money to be earned here, but it's not costing the user a lot of money. I mean, it's just by volume. They do so much business, and these things are put into use so often that it's profitable for the companies to be to still do this, even with the wear and tear that is associated with these scooters. Yeah, and that's the thing. They're marketed as an, a transportation alternative and a more eco-friendly transportation alternative at that. However, their lifespan is relatively short. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's maintenance involved. Yeah. There's programs that people get involved with where they go and pick up the scooters and then bring them home and charge them. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just feel like all that transport and all that movement kind of negates the impact or the lack of impact that the scooters have on transportation. Oh, that's interesting. It's kind of like the Uber situation where you have Ubers clogging the streets, you know? So it's like... <laughs> So you don't, yeah, you might have less traffic, but you still have a bunch of people, you know, pulling off on in undesignated places, dropping people off, causing traffic issues as well. So they're marketed like they're minimal impact, but they're really not. There's a whole there's a whole movement around them that causes issues in that ecosystem. Yeah, I guess. Oh, that's a good point. I've never thought about it that way. You know that uh, you know we spend so much fuel transporting them back and forth with uh, you know some of these different programs that they have, and you've mentioned. Uh, that it negates any of the benefit of having an electric vehicle to do this type of thing. Yeah. But it's convenient as heck, right? I mean, for a it lot of people. It can be. It can be. Because they're, they're marketed, as we said earlier on, it was, it was um, marketed initially, or it's kind of promoted to the city or whoever they have to go through for these permits that they get, that, you know, the, these are GPS-tracked, of course. They're electric, available for rental through mobile applications. You, know, you can do have an app on your phone. But they're marketed as, like, the first-mile and last-mile transportation for commuters, Mm-hmm. So you get off the train at the train station and you still have a mile to go to get to your office. You know, normally you'd be walking that distance. So you could grab a nearby scooter, you know, whatever brand that might be or an e-bike, jump on it. And it'll cost you, uh, in the case of Bird, it's a dollar to start. And then it's 15 cents per mile or sorry, not per mile, per minute mm-hmm. after that. And uh, then you immediately shut it off once you're done using it and using the app again park it. It's labeled as, you know, available for the next user. And, you know, there's a whole process of how this whole thing works. But you get the idea that it's it's a relatively cheap way to get around. The average rider spends about $3.75 per ride on these things. So you multiply that by how many rides there are in a given area in a given time. So I don't know if it was Lime again or Bird, I can't remember which, that I read an article and said the first year that they were in production. And both of those companies that I just mentioned, by the way, 
started in the year 2017, which is hard to believe because that's not that long ago. seems like they've been around longer than that here in Atlanta anyways, or at least, you know, we've been hearing about them. The first year, they made something like more than 10 million rides. And I know that doesn't translate exactly into dollars, but if it's 375 average rider per ride, you know they're, they're making, you know, lots of, lots of money. Let's yeah, just put yeah. it that way, lots of money. <laughs> I know there's a huge overhead and maintenance and all that and paying employees because you, you said a lot of things there, uh, Kurt, in that instance where you were speaking just a minute ago and you were talking about, you know, how they're marketed, mm-hmm. their programs that are, that are set aside for people to make money with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of problems with them as well. There, there's a lot of things we can talk about here. Yeah. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. One thing that I want to be sure to talk about is the mechanics programs that they offer for these and the charging programs that they offer for them. Now, I I keep using Bird as an example because it's an easy one to get information about. They've got a lot of uh, promotional material out there and Mm -hmm. and how-to type videos and and articles. If you want to be a Bird mechanic, which uh, I thought was called an ornithologist up until this point, but it's not. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I made Kurt laugh. That's good. Hopefully I made someone laugh. All right. So, <laughs> all right. That's a different thing. That's a bird vet. All right. So bird uh, bird mechanic. There's actually an employment opportunity for fixing and repairing the bird scooters and likewise with the other scooters. So if you know you lime or jump or whoever, you can, you can do this type of thing. But they also have a charging employment opportunity as well. You can take them home and charge them for 
a fixed rate as well. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't say fixed. It's a floating rate. It it changes based Mm -hmm. on availability, need, all that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you do have to choose one. You can't do both. You can't be a charger and a mechanic. You have to choose which one you want to do, which uh, career path you want to take. And I I would say that this isn't a career. I should say um, this is one of those things that they refer to as, you know, the gig economy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is something that you do outside of your normal business operation. You know, like I could do this during the day, I could go collect bird scooters at night and take them home and charge them and, and put them back on the street during the day. Yeah. Although and, uh, some people get pretty territorial. Yes, they do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of articles and I, I, I don't know. I don't, maybe, maybe we should not go too in depth into that. Let people look into that because there's a lot of stories there mm-hmm. about how people are getting a little bit, uh, a little bit testy about other people swooping in and, and stealing the bird scooter right in front of them. They say stealing, but you know, Swiping. Yeah. I mean, it's, as they've said many, many times, this is kind of like Wild West territory here for a lot of, because it's, they don't know how to, not anybody really has a specific set of rules or laws laid down of how to handle it. Well, it's self-governed and you know how that goes. Yeah, exactly. So you can sign up to be a mechanic, you can sign up to be a, uh, a charger and you just kind of have to play the game. However, however, you know, other people have been doing it and then you can maybe adapt and change and you can make a fair amount of money doing either one, really. But there are some pros and cons and you should definitely look into both because, you know, you hear really good stories about, you know, both sides of this thing. You know, like it's it's really great to be a scooter mechanic because of this. And you can also find like, I thought I wanted to be this, but uh, man, it's been a headache. You know, I've had a, I barely made any money and it's really difficult or the charging thing. You know, I, it, I really thought I had a plan worked out. I was going to make a ton of money every night, but it didn't work out. And then you hear the other one where there's a high school kid that makes $600 a night charging bird scooters in California. And I, I read that story and, you know, it's amazing that a high schooler could do that and still go to high school and still make 600 bucks a night doing this. That's that's a remarkable that success story for him, right? I yeah. mean, just an extra job. But a lot of people are doing that just to make a little bit extra money and they're happy with, you know, Maybe you make, um, you know, maybe you make 50 bucks a night and you can go out to dinner the next night. They're happy with that. You know, it's just uh, a little spending cash, a little little beer money on the side, you know. So there's uh, there's, there's mechanics, there's uh, charging, and you're making a few dollars per repair. And I don't, I don't know, you know, what the exact amount is here, but I've seen numbers like $15 for one of the more complex repairs that you can do, which is probably like brake adjustment, you know, wheel changing, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. $10 if you are collecting these scooters and then finding that you can't repair them and you have to take them to a facility where they can repair them that takes care of, you know, something a little more complicated or something that's a little more proprietary for the company. Uh, you can drop them off at these these distribution centers where they, they gather them, repair them, and then send them back out. There's some actual company mechanics that handle that stuff. And then there's also another, like a, a different version of that that's like a $5 capture charge. So, you know, there's, there's all these different, yeah, capture, you can capture birds, right? That's a, and then they do, you know, they play with the words. Limes charging people are called juicers. Yeah. <laughs> I just find that funny. Clever. Yeah. A, a lime juicer. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a good one. I like that. But uh, yeah, the bird thing is the same way. You capture birds, you know, the birds, when the alarm is going off because someone's tampered with it, it's called, you know, it's chirping at you. That's they, cute. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sort of cute, right? Um, but the part, oh, that's something we should mention too, is that people are uh, scavenging parts from these things. So, you know, the good side of this is that people are getting, using them to get around, and a lot of people are. There's some bad sides too. One might be, one bad side might be, the, the whole origin of this thing, in that a lot of the companies found that they were going to, or decided at some point, rather than to ask permission and then be denied of access, you know, access to the city, they're going to dump off 
500 scooters into town overnight and just kind of flood the market with their scooters. And, you know, they're, of course, they're ready to go. They don't have any storefront to open or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. all through, you know, it's all paid through an app. They might dump off the 500 scooters and then ask for forgiveness later. And then, of course, as they're still making money, as they're still profiting on this, they say, well, look, they're already in place and we've had this many rides, they need it, and they can kind of make a case for themselves. Then the city has to figure out how we're going to regulate this, how we're going to charge you for this. And they do. They charge them a a per scooter fee, and, you know, that could be a huge number for a whole fleet of scooters. You know, there's a, there are standards, I guess, are, are numbers that are generally, I, I guess, abided by, if you want to call it that. They're rule of thumb numbers. If you want, I'm showing you my thumb like that, like rule of thumb. <laughs> rule of thumb numbers for the number of vehicles that you need for certain populations. And that comes up in just a minute when we talk about buying your, oh, this is interesting. You can buy your own fleet of scooters if you wanted to. Nice. You and I, Kurt, could have our nice. own fleet of scooters if we wanted to, but it's expensive. But there's a there's kind of a rule of thumb of how many you should have. And, and then they charge you per vehicle. And if they're parked illegally by, you know, someone just rents it, throws it down on the curb, and it's not parked correctly... You know, the Department of, of Motor Vehicles might come by, pick it up, throw it in the back of a truck, and impound it. You know, the same oh, place yeah. they take For sure. poorly parked cars. They impound it, and it's a $75 fee, I think, to, to get it out of the impound yard. And then it's $25 for every night past that first night for uh, a storage fee. Mm-hmm. So we found out through some of these articles that were written about Lyme leaving Atlanta that at one point last summer, I believe, it was in a three-month period. I think it was like June through September. Boy, that was quite think quick on my feet there. But for that three-month period, we found out that the fees that were owed by Lyme to the city of Atlanta just for these impound fees was something like $70,000. Just for the ones that they picked up, you know, in these individual scooters, $75 at a time. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, the $25 a night fees that were being accrued, you know, every single time that, you know, the the clock ticked over, essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, they might be able to park 100 scooters in a spot where they park one car because they just got them in a pile there. But they're still charging as if it was a vehicle parked there. Yeah, so yeah. they're making a pile of money. The city's making a pile of money on these. And, and oftentimes, the company might decide, and I just let them go because it's not worth it to us to, to pick up these scooters that are probably all mangled anyway. Mm-hmm. You just leave them in there. They can sell them at uh, you know police auction or whatever. Yeah, because when you say the police pick them up because they're parked in the wrong place, I mean, that's a loose term. Yeah. They can be uh, strewn about. Yeah. That's, Over the fence and down the hill. and I was going to say, have you seen some of the uh, more flagrant violations of, of parking rules or people that are just simply upset with them? Because there's a lot of people that don't like <laughs> these things at all. For some reason, there's a lot of people that are just angry about electronic scooters being in town. And I kind of I kind of get it. I kind of don't get it. I mean, if they're handled properly, if they're out of the way, fine. But a lot of people are just really upset with them. And I think it's because of the way that a lot of them are parked. Mm-hmm. It also comes down to the, sometimes they're used improperly where, you know, it's it's disruptive or it's dangerous. There's scooter crimes out. Yeah. Criminals riding around on scooters. You're right. Using them to get away. <laughs> Although I get feel like vehicle. you would get caught if, you know, it <laughs> just feel like it's not the smartest way to get away. No, you're snitching on yourself, yeah, right? I mean, but, hey, use your friend's phone to rent one of these yeah, and, then, or just, or, and then get you away. You know, whatever phone, I guess, if you're a criminal, you probably just stole the phone or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Also, they're not they're not particularly, I mean, they're fast, but come on, as a getaway vehicle, I guess maybe in a crowd you can get well, away Well, you just quick. blend in, you know? Just, oh. I'm just riding the scooter. From, well, that's true. I'm and, using it to get to the last mile of my commute. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I just, just happen to have a bag of diamonds that you know I picked up somewhere, that's all. Or yeah. a couple thousand dollars worth of uh, merchandise, that's it. I'm just headed <laughs> to the train. 
What's what's wrong with that? Yeah. What's wrong with that, Kurt? Nothing. All right. So, <laughs> oh man, I feel like I'm wandering all over the place with this, but we've we've said that you know the parts are stolen. People are finding ways to hack these things. Mm-hmm. There's their hacks online. I don't know if I should even tell you how, about the hacks, but it's out there. It's you can find there. it. Find it on YouTube. It's pretty clever. And don't um, do it. Yeah, don't do it. I mean. Uh, you can buy these scooters at auction, and uh, and I, I'll tell you this because maybe someone is doing this. Maybe, maybe. let's say that you're definitely someone is doing this. Okay, let's say that you didn't steal one off the street because you know there's thousands of them out there. Let's say you didn't do that. You resisted, right? Mm-hmm. You, you didn't want to do that, Kurt. Mm-hmm. Don't steal one. No, I won't. Okay, good. So you didn't steal one, and you found one at a police auction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of these impounded vehicles that they decide to sell, and you pick it up for 100 bucks. They're valued at somewhere, you know, like six or $700 each or something like that. They're, they're expensive. Mm-hmm. But you buy one at an impound yard or a sale, a police sale, and you want to use it as your own personal scooter. You're going to take the, you know, the branding off of it. You're going to make it your own, paint it or whatever. You can buy a scooter conversion kit that comes from, at this point, comes from China. You got to be a little bit wary of, of this because, you know, there are some scams out there that happen that look like the right kit, but are not. But you can buy a conversion kit from China that will, for about $30, convert that into a non-tracked, non-GPS, uh, you know, recognizable, non-bricked version of that scooter that you can then use around town to motor it yourself. Now, you're going to still need the charge. You're going to need all the, uh, I guess you're going to have to put some effort into it to make it look like your own. So it's not like you're you know, any other bird out there or, or any other lime scooter out there. But let's say you're doing it all on, on the level. It's, only, it's not going to cost you a whole lot of money to convert this thing over to your own private use scooter, which is kind of nice, I guess, for people. Right now, I haven't heard of any uh, other companies besides these in China that are, that are offering this. That's probably um, where the scooter is made anyway. Yeah. Oh, maybe, you know what? Um, it is. A, there's a model number that's associated with most of them, and I have that here. Um, I won't begin to try to, uh, uh, well, maybe I will. I'll try that name. How about that? I'll, try it. It's, <laughs> uh, okay, it starts with an X, so you know this is going to be tough. So, <laughs> Xiaomi, Xiaomi, I hope that's it. It's X-I-A-O-M-I, so Xiaomi maybe, Mija M365 Scooter. Now, if you just look up M365 Scooter, mm-hmm. uh, you'll find typically the scooter. And I, I believe a lot of these companies will now actually sell you one, but they're kind of pricey. And they have different versions of them, but they're your own personally used scooter. And they come in, you know, different colors. So you can have, you know, you can get a pink one, you can get a green one, a white one, whatever, yeah. black, uh, whatever your favorite color is, you can do that and make it kind of your own. Uh, they even have kick scooters for little kids that you can buy. But, you know, I, I mentioned one other thing that I think think we probably should include here, and that is that if you wanted to, through one of these companies, and again, I use Bird as an example, you're able to buy your own fleet of branded Bird scooters and operate them within city limits as long as you adhere to the regulations that go along with it. Now, this may be initially enticing, but when you really think about what you're investing in and the possibilities of things that can go wrong. I mean, we have seen deaths here in the city and other cities nationwide and, of course, worldwide, as well as, you know, disfigurement and uh, and people just getting, you know, small, even if it's a small, uh, you know, nick or cut or whatever, there are bills that are, have to be paid, you know, they're, yeah. they're insurance bills. Um, Liability is a big thing, and you do have to get your own insurance, but you do have to also go through their licensing, their fees that they charge in the, within the city limits. The nice part is that you are using the Bird app in order to run these things if you do go through Bird. Mm-hmm. And so they have kind of that infrastructure already in place. If you do order them, you know, you can rebrand them with your own name. That could be uh, it could be Kurt's Scooter Company, but it also would have Bird somewhere small on the uh, on the label. 
you know, if you, if you had to do it that way. But yeah. you get to design your own scooter, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, the, here's the, the kicker here. The price is somewhere between six and $700 each, depending on, you know, what features you want to add onto those, lights and, you know, that type of thing, uh, sticker packages, whatever. You have to have a minimum of 50 vehicles. You can't order, you know, five or, you know, two or whatever. You can't just run one around town. If you're going to get it through, license it through the company, you have to have a minimum of 50 vehicles. And, of course, you have to do the, uh, you know, all the, uh, the the licensing, as I said. And each one comes with a cost, and I think that's a, a yearly cost that you have to update. Mm-hmm. Um, they They also will be, they will follow the restrictions that are set in place by, like in our case, our mayor set mm-hmm. this restriction in and said, you know, no one past nine, four, and you'd have to have your own maintenance, you know, system set up, but you can't just do it all on your own. There'd be yeah. no way to do it, especially tracking down 50 scooters in a, in a city the size of this or, or Dallas or San Francisco or whatever would become impossible. They'd be scattered everywhere. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Here's the here's some of the numbers that we were talking about before. You know the the rule of thumb numbers that uh, I did it again. I showed you my thumb. You did. did that. The rule of thumb uh, <laughs> for the numbers that they kind of uh, the typical fleet numbers that they they recommend. So if you have a a population of about ten to fifty thousand people, the typical fleet number for you would be between fifty and one hundred vehicles. Now again, remember that's six to seven hundred dollars each, and then upkeep charging all that, paying people to charge them, paying people to collect them, mm-hmm. maintain them, all that, the numbers get bigger. So anything from 50 to 100,000 people, you're going to need 100 to about 500 vehicles. That jumped up considerably, didn't yeah. it? Uh, anything over 100,000, like 100,000 to 250,000, that's still, that's a big city, but not enormous. 
anything from 500 to 1,000 vehicles is recommended. And then, of course, you go to over 250,000, they recommend over 1,000 vehicles. So that uh, that number jumps up exponentially mm-hmm. as you as you get into the, you know the 50,000 plus territory as far as your population goes. So um, I could see like maybe you know someone wanting to get you know 50 vehicles for you know maybe the 5,000 people that work here in this office, and that'd be kind of great. Uh, or this building, I should say, or a factory that employs, you know, several shifts of people. You know, they could, you know, have routine docking stations where, you know, they can bring them over and charge them routinely, and and that might work out pretty well, too. Or, you know, at the airport where they have the people mover, yeah, they could have a little separate area, and you could jump on a scooter and just... That's a great idea. Now, I think it's a good idea. There's probably a huge liability issue as well. And people would, you know what? And they wouldn't just stay in the little uh, path with them either. (laughs) See, that's just, that's that's people being people. Because I feel like they would also try to balance all of their luggage on that. Yeah. And drive it, you know, across the concourse. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the problem. I think yeah. is that uh, you know people would try to be the the hero and take, you know, uh, not just the, you know their one backpack with them. But well, you maybe know. in the you could just drag your carry on. <laughs> that sounds real on safe. The side. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That plus uh, you can have you know the kids balance on the front and back of the thing as you drive. You, know? you could, yeah, yeah. Because why spring for yeah. one? Hey. Oh, there's age limits to riding these things yeah, in most are, places. Eighteen, I think. Yeah, I, I saw the number. I saw a number as low as sixteen, but I mm-hmm. think eighteen is is kind of the yeah yeah and i think that's just controlled by um and the way they can police that and only to a point though is that they say that you can't sign up for the app if you're under this age right. but we all know how that works right mm-hmm. i mean how many young kids do you know that have a facebook account or yeah. how many kids uh do you think get ride get a ride on these things by their parents you know using their their device to activate the scooter and then activate a second scooter activate a third scooter for the family and the kids are still under, you know, underage. So it happens, I think. Um, and, of course, they recommend helmets. So as usual, you know, they recommend all the safety gear. And I rarely see people with helmets on. Yeah, hardly ever. Well. But yeah, you really should wear a helmet if you ride these things. Yeah, there's a, man, these are, there's actually so many different angles. I mean, you don't have to just go into exactly how they operate and, you know, the types of controllers they use. We can do that. We could in another show if we wanted to. But I feel like at this point, most people are familiar with them or have at least seen them on the news or, you know, have heard about the trouble that they've had in the cities. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a kind of a fascinating thing. There's so many uh, behind-the-scenes things that are going on that I found fascinating that until we really started digging into it, I didn't know about the mechanics program at all. I had no idea. I thought it was just a, a corporate thing. Oh, you know what? That's one thing I neglected to tell you. We, we talked about lifespan of these. You know how they're treated roughly. Yeah. You, know, you see a lot of them that end up hanging from trees or someone sees them in their parking spot. I, I've witnessed this one. I saw a lady pull into a parking lot and she was opening a business that I was, I was parked, you know, in the, the same strip mall. She was opening a business that she was just coming in for the day. It was, you know, 9 a.m. or whatever. Someone had unloaded, looked like about 20 of these uh, scooters. And I don't remember what brand, but they were unloaded in a parking spot that she normally parks in. So she parks her car right near them, grabs each one or two at a time sometimes, and just heaves them under a tree out by the road. Like just, I mean, throws them eight, ten feet. You know, maybe I don't remember how far. And how up far in the air. she could throw? Them. Yeah, she wasn't gentle with them at all. Not at all. I mean, and I was watching the whole time. She moved every one of them that way, and then parked in that spot. Mm-hmm. Bold move. I mean, they were all tangled up like a, like a game of pickup sticks or something mm-hmm. on the side of the road. Uh, but these are all, you know, had been laid out that morning, and they were all charged and ready to go. But someone is going to find a big tangle of scooters. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily damage them all that much. They're pretty rough and tumble, but the company does say, you know, if you're going to buy one of these vehicles or buy a fleet of vehicles, 
that the average expected life of these things is something like 18 months. Wow. And that's just general use. And of course, they're out in weather. They're out during all types of, uh, you know, hot and cold and, uh, you know, just riding them on city streets is rough to begin with. People are vandalizing them, which I find pretty awful for the riders and for the company, uh, clipping brake lines, things like that, mm-hmm. you know, making them inoperable. And again, that comes back to that, uh, you know, they're, they're for some reason raging against them. Yeah. I don't quite get that. I mean, it's an inanimate object, really, but uh, they're upset with the people that use them, I think, and the, the behavior that they see. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a, there's quite a bit to talk about on this thing. I mean, I, I think we've maybe for today exhausted this. I'd, I'd kind of like to bring Ben on in on something like this later, something similar, not yeah. exactly the same because we've already had this discussion, but when he gets back, we can ask him about it just kind of in the intro. Oh, sure. See. But yeah. They do have the second generation Bird 2 scooters coming out. And I thought it was funny because they mentioned that it has a kickstand that you can't tip it over, apparently. <laughs> so it's a dual kickstand. It comes down on out both sides, and it's just a little more stable. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know, of course, the people are just going to, they're going to still tip them over. Well, of course. I mean, you know, you know, this is how silly this is. You can, you can watch videos of people vandalizing these. You can watch them walking, you know, up to one. You know, they're just out for a walk on the street. They'll see a whole line of them, you know, ready to go charge, ready to go on the curb, parked as they should be, and they'll just kick every one of them over. Yeah. The only way to stop down. that is to have a scooter that will then jump back up and then kick, chase the person <laughs> down and then kick them over. I like yeah, that's this. Really, that's a good idea. Yeah. Kurt. Just, a, it's just an idea I'm putting out there. I, I like so. it. I like it. You know, normally, idea, I, I'm the idea guy. What's right. going on here? Am I, am I in charge of implementing that? Because any idea that I have, you're in charge of implementing. So. Oh. Um, is that yeah, that is that it works both ways? Like All right, that. I'll get to work. Yeah. On it. But you know, honestly, I I think that um, very soon I'm just going to give one of these things a try. And we've got coworkers that will walk out of the building, jump on one of the. I've witnessed this. They they get on a, a scooter, ride a block, pick up their lunch, and then ride it back and come back in and go and eat their lunch. Now, I, I mean, it's funny to me because mm-hmm. it's a short distance. You think they just walk, but um, I won't name names. It's no one in this room, no one that will be in the room next week with us. It's not Ben. Uh, might be another Ben, though, in the office. Really? Yeah, maybe. I don't want to give anything away. You know, I found the behavior funny. I thought I thought it was uh, pretty silly, but, um, you know, who knows? Maybe that he just likes riding them. You never know. Yeah. Uh, it's kind well, of they can be fun. Oh, I'm sure they're a lot of fun. I think that's how a lot of people use them. I think they'll drive here. Yeah. And they'll park and they'll jump out there on the belt line and then just ride them for recreation. Right. And I have seen a couple of, you know, I come in on major highways. Mm-hmm. I, I arrive on major highways mm-hmm. from the north. So um, I'm on I-75. Everybody is familiar with I-75. It comes right through Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Some of the exits in downtown, I have seen bird scooters, electric bikes, that kind of thing parked, leaning against the, the concrete ramps. They're down on the highway. They're, someone rode <laughs> those down onto the highway. They, they came, you know, onto the highway on the off-ramp or the on-ramp and left them somewhere. Now, this is puzzling to me, and I'm not trying to be insensitive in any way to this, but you'll find that a lot of homeless people ride these to mm-hmm. get to and from places in town. And I don't understand exactly how this works. I'm, I'm asking this more out of just curiosity. I'm not angry. I'm not, you know, trying to point fingers at anybody. But how is it that someone who is, you know, living under these ramps, living on the streets, has a smartphone to be able to unlock... A bird's and a bird account or a Lime account or whatever, 
I guess that's that's clever, right? Yeah. But it's just an oddball thing, and I've seen a couple of them that have just been left on the side of the road. So you can get a lime chaser down there on the freeway to find a couple that have been missing for a few months, probably. Yeah. Um, probably worth a lot of money. Maybe there's a big bounty on those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So I think we're we're going to wrap up for today, but I do want to tell you that we are on all forms of social media that you can think of. Everything under the sun. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. there's maybe three. All right, so we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us there. You can always, uh, you know, kind of give us a little bit of feedback there if you want. Uh, we are Car Stuff HSW at all three of those, and um, we do have, uh, of course, a big archive of material that you can find on iHeart.com if you get your podcast there, or you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave some feedback at either one of those places. You can find our extensive archive on iHeart.com if you want to go to Apple Podcasts. I think you're limited to the most recent 300. Uh, mm-hmm. Which still sounds like a lot. I mean, that's a lot of car stuff to uh, to bear, right? I mean, that's a lot to stomach. <laughs> Can I say it that way? It's a lot to stomach, right? Yeah. yeah. Why would you listen to 300 episodes <laughs> yeah, if but, you, you know, aren't I, enjoying? I listen back to my own voice. I think, why would they do that? You know? <laughs> I hate own, the sound of my own voice. Yeah, people don't like their own voice. That's a common thing. That's a universal truth, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, anyways, you can find our archive there at, at iHeart.com if you want to. And, of course, tell your friends because we're always trying to grow the audience and, and get more people involved. So, we really do appreciate it. And we will catch you next time. That's right. See you later. Car Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.